Hey, everybody, it is time to play the game. Uh, I want to first start off with this is my uh, show right before Christmas. And due to technical difficulties, we're a little late. And those technical difficulties were I had to restart my entire computer to uh, get my computer to accept my uh, mic and headphones. So I think that's pretty funny. It's sort of a comedy to me. What do you think about that there, Angel? You were there when that was going on. It was definitely a knee slapper. Yeah, not really. Uh, But here's the point. I thought we'd spend a little time talking about um, just about the holidays. What everybody, uh, you know, the different things we all talk about and, um, you know, some of the myths behind Christmas. Uh, Wanted to touch a little bit on The Mandalorian, uh, the uh, season finale. And a little Easter egg at the very end after the credits. And if Angel's game, why don't we share our thoughts on that little thing for about five, ten minutes. And then I'll get into the myths behind the Yule celebration. Are you game there, Angel? Well, bring it on. What do you want to talk about? Mandalorian? Uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Go for it. What do you want to talk about in the Mandalorian uh, finale? Uh the whole finale what was your overall thoughts on it oh i thought it was uh fantastic i mean i i honestly i i'm along with uh, uh several dozens of youtubers who have said this is probably the best star wars we've seen since the original trilogy i think it's the best one since uh the first one that i saw live in uh 77 that is the original trilogy yes yep yep no, I mean the fir- the exact first one, not all three of them. I mean the first one, right? I wonder. Uh, well, a new hope. Yeah, yeah, new hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it was just Star Wars back then, so yes. uh, it's funny how they rename things. But yeah, no. Um, when when the way they dealt with Yoda, Baby Yoda, uh, Grogu, Grogu uh, it was really interesting to me. That um, um, he he was. I don't want to say he was docile because he was, but he, in a way, he wasn't. Uh, and then the um, what they call them, the dark troopers or something like that, the, the yep. stormtroopers yep. that were mechanical. Um. The way they dealt with them was unique, but I never, uh, my wife and I were watching it, and uh, when I saw the X-Wing flying up, and I, I can't think of her name, but the uh, Marshal, the female Marshal. Yeah, Cara <laughs> uh, Car- uh, Dune. Yes. Yeah. Um, when she goes, oh, great one X-Wing fighter like that. And uh, she goes, we're saved or whatever, sarcastically. And, uh, but when it came in, I'm like, that looks like R2 on the back. But you remember R2 units and, you know, 
R5D4s and all those different kinds of, you know, the, the different computers people yeah. had on the back yeah. there. I'm like, ah, it's just probably something else, you know. And all of a sudden, no. Um, this hooded figure comes on and all of a sudden it lights up his thing. And I'm like, okay. So now he's got his lightsaber going. And all of a sudden, he's dispatching these dudes like, like uh, butter. It wasn't, huh? <laughs> it was uh, like it was like butter. Like you're just cutting through these things like they're just butter, like like nothing. Oh yeah, it just butter. Exactly. Yeah. I like the way you said that. Yeah, it was like going through them, but it was like, uh, and they didn't do this in the first one. If anybody forgets that's my age or older, in 77, they weren't fighting droids. They weren't fighting, like, armored stuff. You didn't see that till the second trilogy uh, uh, with the little kid. Right. When Anakin was young. Yeah. Um, well, that was on purpose. There, there was a whole setup uh, as to why that was. The the reason was they, they wanted to showcase how, uh, you know, insignificant and inefficient the droids were compared to the cloned army and uh you know then they went from clones to you know regular recruits and then it it just shows the progression of like uh, a bad idea (laughs) yeah but this actually this one wasn't a bad idea this one when he's fighting these uh dark troopers i mean it it looked legit it it was like like this time you saw Qui-Gon Jinn and uh, Obi-Wan fighting those uh, droids that rolled up and they had their own little force field. And they're like, uh, it's a draw at yeah. this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with him, it was just, it flowed. He went right through him. And uh, everything went on. And then he just outside the door. It wasn't like he's cutting through the... The Durasteel walls and stuff, which he could have done probably if he wanted to. He just waited because he knew that the door was going to open. I love how he crushes that one uh, droid. Like he just grabs him. Yeah, and he just like crushes him like like Vader style, and uh, with the force. I mean, he could have literally like taken him out with this just using the force, but it's almost like he, he. enjoyed just cutting through the uh, droids and it mimicked also i don't know if you caught this uh kaiser but it was kind of like uh echoing back to the scene with vader and rogue one at the end yeah but instead of humans it was droids that's a big difference oh yeah and and not just that it was a force crush uh just like a lot of people who haven't followed the uh cartoons like you and i have um, when, uh, I, I believe it was Obi-Wan, uh, General Grievous, that's why he had that weird lung thing or whatever you want to say yeah. he had, because Obi-Wan force crushed him. Yeah, he crushed his lungs. That's why he was yeah. always coughing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, uh, but with that, when, when Luke did it, it was like he was crushing a beer can. As a matter of fact, that's what it sounded like. I'll tell you, it sounded, 
it sounded like that, but it also sounded like I, I talked to uh, everybody and told them the story about um, during the Gulf War, uh, the Jubel incident. Uh, we had a um, Al Hussein missile that landed on the uh, pier. Uh, it wasn't actually the pier. It was actually off on the uh, jetty, which a uh, breakwater. And it, when it impacted, it sounded like a big-ass beer can getting crushed. It didn't explode. And uh, it was a chemical weapon. But anyways, that's what it sounded like. And me and Sergeant B uh, go driving out on that jetty, and we're writing it up. And everybody comes out. But that's actually kind of the sound that that made. There was no pop. There was no bang. There was no boom. The damn thing was just crushed and glowing red. And when I, when I heard it, I, I looked at it and I'm like, wow, that's the sound, right? Uh, so it was pretty neat that way. Um, the other thing... Uh, that I thought was he, he just uh, Grogu he was like you know I'm here to pick up the little guy you know Grogu cell phone you know from that little um, that little um, um, well, what do you call that um, I've been to the daggone place and I can't think of it uh, let me oh, I can't see my picture um Stonehenge, that little hinge structure where Guru was sitting on that rock and his big force communication went up. And so that must have been how Luke knew about him. Your thoughts on that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the big reveal, and we talked about this before, uh, it was either going to be somebody like that or it was going to be maybe Ezra Bridget or somebody along those lines maybe. Um, but, you know, the fact that it was Luke, I mean, that was the most epic of all. Now, did you have a problem with his face at all? Because a lot of people are like saying, no. well, the CGI was kind of iffy. And I'm like, it's not going to be perfect. The guy is like 60-something. I mean, you know, they de-aged him pretty damn well. I thought it looked very well. I, I don't think it was CGI that... That one actor I told you about. No, 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 no. They, no, they, it wasn't Sebastian Stan. I've already looked this up. They actually had Mark Hamill on set. Mark Hamill went on set, and he did the part, and they used the deep fake. Now, they, the deep fake, I don't know if you're familiar with that on YouTube. Deep fakes is no. uh, getting very popular. Uh, what they do is they literally are, are faking the, the face of uh, like people and using them for video. I talked about this earlier on the uh, show that I did, uh, where they have, uh, for example, they have um, Sylvester Stallone's face on the body of Macaulay Culkin, and it's like him playing him in Home Alone. And they even oh, use, wow. yeah, they even use like Stallone's voice uh, in some of in some clips, uh, and and you can't, it's seamless, dude. You can't tell that it's not a kid. I mean, it's it, and it looks just like it's it's hysterical. It's just like Stallone, but they've done it with other celebrities. Uh, they've done it with other movies, for example. And it, funny enough, the reason it became popular is because when they did Justice League for DC, they spent millions of dollars on a reshoot 
for Superman because he had the mustache from uh, Henry Cavill had a mustache because he was shooting a Mission Impossible movie and in that movie he had a mustache for Tom Cruise. So when they brought him in for uh, for reshoots, he couldn't shave the mustache because he was doing you know shooting another movie simultaneously. Right. So they went and they CGI'd the mustache away instead of having him like put a, a fake mustache on a Mission Impossible like it would be easier, right? No, like idiots are like, oh, we'll CGI it. And they spent like ten million dollars on, on CGI in his face, and they're like, you imbeciles, why don't you use this? software that was created by people online that would have saved you a shit ton of money and it's called deep fakes and and they did a side by side on uh, the same scene where they used a deep fake and instead of the the actual CGI to cost 10 million dollars and the deep fake was better it was just uh, miles miles away better and it was super cheap they did it for free practically just to prove a point and so in since the Mandalorian is a TV streaming, you know, show, they have a limited budget. So what they did was that they got the actor who played Luke in one of the uh, sequel movies, which he's briefly seen, where he's, uh, I think it's The Last Jedi or, or uh, Rise of Skywalker, I can't remember which one, but whereas uh, he's fighting Leia or he's training with Leia and the uh, training mask comes off and you see briefly Luke's face, that actor played Luke physically when he's fighting, right? But when he's standing right. in place and you're seeing the face and you're hearing the voice, that was Mark Hamill. And they de-aged oh, wow. him with that program with a deep fake. And that saved him thousands, maybe millions of dollars because they imagine that scene, if they would have done a full CGI of him mapping and all that stuff, now you're talking about a big old crew coming in and working on it. With the deep fake, it's just one guy on a computer. It's a computer simulation, and it's already prepared. And what it does is automatically automatically uh, maps out the face without you having to do it with autom- automation the way it was done before with you know animators and doing it, which it's painstaking. This program just does it automatically, and what they do is they import thousands and thousands of, of minutes or, or footage or hours that they can, of uh, of the actors' different sides, you know, like different angles, maybe footage of different movies. Remember, everything is frames. That There's no such thing as a video. That doesn't exist, people. What exists is frames. Frames make up videos. That's how you get video. So it's literally like millions of frames of, of each scene that you see him in. They make up the video, and what they did with this program is it gets all these videos and imports the face to the actor's body, and then they digitize the, the, the rest to fit the scene, the way he's moving around and whatnot. That's why there's a lot of shots where you, you look at it. It was done purposely from a little far away, not up close, because it's, while the technology is really good, it's not perfect yet, and sometimes when he's talking, he's not moving his mouth as much. And you almost see like the difference in, in the uh, mouth movement, where you can tell it's not really him. That's you know, or it's him, but it's like something over his face. But it's so almost seamless already at this point that in the next couple of years, that's going to take over doing the the old CGI tra- more traditional way, which is what they did even in Rogue One, which was with the actors and they had all the stuff in their face and all that nonsense. Which again costs millions, millions of dollars because you have to put the actor in the suit with all like the 
CGI plugs on them and all that crap. Here they bypass the entire thing. And it's all done with one program. And again, it's called Deep Fakes. It's amazing what they did with that. Wow. That's wild, man. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot I don't know, but, you know, <laughs> that's well. just the beginning of it, I guess. But, no, the I thought, I, I didn't see a problem with any of that, but I'm not, I'm not one of those dudes, except for, like, war movies, that I really give a shit about details, because in the end, all movies are just bullshit fantasy. But um, that one... I really was impressed with just because, you know, I like Star Wars. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, call me a Star Wars cuck. It doesn't matter. It's not going to make me cry. Uh, it, it was a, a good film. I liked the way it ended. I don't want to give spoilers away to people who haven't seen it. But um, <laughs> it was really uh, kind of touching in a way. If you haven't seen Star Wars by now, I mean, what the hell's wrong with you? Well, yeah, well, you know, some people haven't seen it yet. You know, they, they might be working and too yeah. busy. So, you know, I just don't want to give the the ending away. But we'll talk. This isn't giving anything away. Uh, they they have to go and watch all through the credits, and most people won't. Because I didn't the first time I saw it. My son's the one who had to say, you got to watch this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the credits at the end of Mandalorian was epic, dude. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, Boba, the way he, like a boss, me and my son were talking about it today. He just gets up on the chair. Uh, it, it I'll tell you what it was reminiscent to me of is that, um, oh, what was the name of that show? Um the um oh sh- uh, we talked about it one time you said you hadn't really watched it game of thrones yes when he gets on that throne and he just like boom sits down and his partner the females right by his right hand i was like oh i like what you just did there yeah. you know it was one of those things where it's like i like what you just did uh, I thought I thought that was pretty cool. I thought the entire uh, scene at the end was cool because they they even got Bib Fortuna back in there from oh, yeah, that from, was Re- from Return of the Jedi, <laughs> and uh, I was not yeah. expecting that at all. I mean, I wasn't expecting that scene to begin with, but when I saw Bib Fortuna, I was like, "Oh man, that's freaking cool!" And then I was like, "Wait, wait a second. And then you see Boba Fett come in. I'm like, "Oh shit's about to get real." <laughs> Shit's about to hit the fan, and then you know he does. He disposes of Bib Fortuna very, very quickly, and he, he takes the throne. Now the next uh, show they're going to do, uh, you know, Mandalorian season three is still going to be shooting. The question is, right? Is Din Jarrus going to still be the Mandalorian, or is it going to be the Book of Boba Fett season three? See, I don't know that. I don't know that because here's the thing that got me about the Dark Saber. Uh, Bo-Katan didn't get the Dark Saber. Right. He did. And he kept trying to give it to her. Yeah, he doesn't and want it. He doesn't he, care about that shit. He's he, like, 
He's like, I don't give a shit about this. I want to get back to doing what I do. <laughs> and uh, she was, she really didn't get it, I don't think. That was the weak point, I think, about well, that. No, but you know what's funny, though? Because on, on the on the show, Rebels, she was handed the saber, and she didn't win it in battle. So that was the ironic part. There's like, fuck, man, again? Like, it happened now twice. And that's you know that was the funny part. For people who have seen the entire Rebels series... And saw that on there, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty funny." That's he. I I would have <laughs> thought not not this season, but maybe next season, he can throw her the daggone spear and say, "Okay, come get it," and then they have a quick battle, and all of a sudden he lets her disarm him or something, and then he's like, "Yeah, there you go. I I yield." You know, whatevs, you know, it's, it, it, that's not his whole thing. His whole thing's not about power. That's the whole thing I liked about him is he's an honest broker in it. He, while he is what he is, you know, he, he has a goal. His goal is get the job done. I, I get exactly where he's coming from mentally in that show. You know, I'm about the job, you know, I'm not in it to, self-aggrandize and all that kind of shit that that's just other people can do that uh let's just get the job done take a selfie and get the fuck out of here yeah Uh, yeah. that's really how i look at it and uh i i said get a selfie and get out of here as a joke i guess it landed flat just like most of my jokes do yeah, uh, that was but, that was a joke. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm, I completely yeah, that, missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, get the job done. Get a selfie. Get out of here. No, normally you don't take a selfie. <laughs> it was no, was not when you're bounty hunting. Uh, you don't want to do that. Selfie. And the guy's like in carbonite in the background. Like, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, get a get a selfie by the guy in carbonite. Yeah. No, uh, no, I, like I said, that, that was, uh, for, for what it was and what the show is, I, I am in full agreement with you since, um, you called it a new hope, uh, since, yeah, a new hope came out in 77 when I watched it on the big screen, I sort of felt myself a little bit drift back to that time uh, in my youth. And so it was pretty cool. It was successful if that's what they were trying to do. Capture the flavor of that era. And that that's my thoughts on it. And yours? Yeah, I know I completely concur. I mean that's I think that's what they were going for. They were aiming to get the I don't know, I don't know so much about the flavor of that era, but they were they were definitely trying to uh, capture the essence of what Star Wars had, you know, been uh, until, you know, recently and uh, you know, on you hope is uh, what we all remember, and I, that's the one thing I love about the show. It, it is very much in the tradition of a new hope in the original trilogy, and even the the way it looks, um, the characters, the the set, all these things. Uh, you know, they they all add up. I mean, they, there's not just one aspect that works to the show; it's many different layers. That uh, that have what you know, it, to me is what makes the show successful, and the the main part is it really does remind me of the original trilogy in a way that I don't think oh, I had before. Oh, I agree. Uh, as Bill Burr said, a lot of the show was done. Uh, this was last season, 
the comedian they rescued this time from the prison planet. Um, he's actually a comedian, Bill Burr. And he said on an interview, he was like, you know, he was surrounded by green screens 360. And I was like, wow. But it looked like they were actually going on location spots, too. Just green screen. And the less green screen's gotten a lot better. I mean, some of that stuff I don't think you could have faked at all. You know, you couldn't. You can't fake a funk all the time. Well, there's and, and uh, there's actually a new technology uh, which uh, will beg to differ on that. And uh, okay, it, yeah, it, they've been using that on Mandalorian also, which is it, it's funny because it's new technology, but it's going back to old school technology of making movies. Remember back in, well, I don't know how far back you go with movies and TV, but back in the older days, before they had the uh, ability of CGI and even the the budget to make some of the stuff come to life, uh, they used to use theater-like projection in the background for the cities. So you, you would have a, right. a close set in the back, it would be a giant screen, and they'll be playing a movie, and that would be the backdrop, and you would... Uh, when you recording it, it looked legit like it was the background, but it was really pre-shot. It was it was a movie basically. Well, now what they're doing is they're doing a green screen effect where it's very similar, and it it's all in in house. But the way they do they're doing it is with holograph or holograms. I'm sorry, uh, hologram backgrounds instead of it being like a theater screen, it's all a hologram. And it's 3D, and it looks as real as real life. Wow, and uh, that's, and that's, it's I believe yeah. yeah, and that's budget cost uh, cutting also for the streaming uh, technology. They, they literally created that I think for for streaming because they wanted to cut the budget for some of these shows. And uh, this is uh, I mean this saves a ton. And now with COVID nineteen, it makes it even easier for them to shoot this stuff because you don't have to go. And bring the entire crew to some exotic location in Tunisia. They can go shoot uh, a B roll with a B producer, a B director. Shoot the pre roll of the uh, the exterior. Come in, we put it in the computer, and three D model everything in hologram, and boom, you have it on an enclosed set. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. I I didn't even realize that 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 that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so, I, like I said, that was my one thing when he said that. I was like, man, some of that stuff looks like it's for real on location. But if they can do it, more power to them. I mean, you know, that's it looked good. You know, people who are um, video files can pick it apart. But I'm I'm willing to suspend. I'm willing to give a dis uh, a disposition of my belief. You're willing to suspend your disbelief. (laughs) You're willing to suspend your disbelief. That's a tough one for me, too. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but it's 36 minutes. Enjoy it for what it was. Uh, I did. And uh, I really, I really liked uh, season one and season two. Um, It just, I, I thought it lived up. To what I thought it could be, and when I say that, I mean that it, it. I thought, man, this could really go somewhere, and I hope they don't screw it up. I I hope they give Boba Fett his own show. 
they can actually start like an entire channel if they really wanted to on just Star Wars spinoffs. Yeah, yeah, they got the yeah. Disney Plus has it says Star Wars on it. Well, all they got are you know Rogue One, Han Solo in his youth, and the cartoons and all nine shows. That's pretty much what they got on there. Besides a Mandalorian, yeah, the Mandalorian can be the launch vehicle, and all the other shows come on, you know, on that channel next year. Could be a banner year for. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see Bo-Katan and her folks um, retake Mandalore. And maybe that's the way you bring, join back up the Mandalorian with them. And maybe uh, with the Darksaber, him and her can bring together the old school Mandalorians and the new Mandalorians, which she is the leader of. And actually bring peace to Mandalore and rebuild. That would be cool. Um, and then he can give up the the um, blade to her, you know, in front of everybody. And that would legitimize her. You know what I mean? Makes sense? Yeah, I mean, I think for her to be legitimized, I think you're right. They're going to have to do something publicly somewhere. Um, but it's... I mean, I mean, it's going to be a little uh, time-consuming and hokey, really. Uh, I, I would, you know, rather than when they pick up Season 3, which, by the way, the worst thing about Season 2 is that it ended, and we have to wait a year. Yeah. Season 3. That's yeah, the I worst know. part. I yeah, know. yeah, it sucks. Uh, but I think the best thing they could possibly do is uh, don't even show us how it happened. Just pick up on Season 3 where she already has it, and then you kind of, like, make mention of, like, well, you know, she never really earned it. Or, you know, you, you, you kind of, like, have somebody named for, like, to mock her if she didn't earn it the right way again. Uh, and that kind of, like, be, like, something she has to, like, fight uh, as a character. That would be kind of a neat way of doing it. And, and I think that will kind of go even with Star Wars. Because you remember Star Wars, the cool thing about it is you always kind of dropped into the middle of the battle. It's not like, uh, yeah. you know, you see it from the very beginning. So why even show, you know, them fighting it out? I mean... You know that she's an allegiance to him. I mean, she's an ally at the end of the day. So, uh, and Din Jarrus, yeah. like we said, he's not interested in that kind of stuff anyway. He doesn't care. I mean, it's no big deal. So I, I would just, you know, not even worry about, like, actually showing them and fight. Now, of course, they're not going to say it because they want to keep the mystery to next season. But um, that would be something I would completely just bypass, and I think people wouldn't even notice it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, if I was just an arbitrary observer, I wouldn't have noticed it either. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a good it was a good little uh show. And I, I think we've uh really hit this one as good as we probably could because it was it deserved a little bit of talk tonight. One, one thing though have, one thing though that I wanted to to, to ask you uh, didn't you, don't you find it amazing that for a character that literally said nothing but, ah, oh, ah, oh, how the character of Grogu completely, like, stole the show and pulled at the heartstrings of so many dorks online, myself included, uh, who saw the episode and, like, was teary-eyed when he was, you know, going with Luke at the end because we were like, oh no, he belongs with Din Jarrus. 
but that's Luke Skywalker, the Jedi f- fucking master, man. And uh, there's so many people online are posting videos of them crying uh, while watching that episode. Uh, and uh, again, this really brought the tears. But isn't it amazing how a character who literally says nothing is, has become that popular and, and that big, considering that it's a little Muppet? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. <laughs> <coughs> People forget uh, in '77 when R2D2, what he stole the show in Star Wars, right? And all that stuff. And then when Yoda appeared in this, what was it, the second one or yeah, it was the second well, one. Empire, yeah, the Empire one. Strikes Back, yeah. Yep. Um, Yoda did the same thing. And Jim Henson was the Muppeteer for uh, Yoda. Correct. And uh, then by the time the third one came, you know, there was nothing that really grabbed anybody's, uh, except for my dork ass, because I watched the Christmas special in 78, I think it was, or might have been late 77. I think it might have been late '77. I think I think it was yeah, I think it was '78. I want to see '78. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I was probably yeah I was probably 11 ish or whatever. Yeah, maybe 12. I don't know. Um, but when they had that Christmas special, I remember uh, seeing Boba Fett in the cartoon, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool character, you know. And uh, the Millennium Falcon went down in the water, and he's on, like, this serpent, whatever it was, some sea serpent, if I remember right. Yep. And that that same disruptor rifle. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, then all of a sudden you saw him, not until the Empire Strikes Back, and, and then uh, you saw him briefly, and... Uh, Return of the Jedi. And it was like, whoa. You know, it was like you got those two little glimpses and then the gay way they killed him off in the pit of the Sarlacc. And, of course, we know that, and and uh, me and you talked about it uh, on probably on one of my podcasts, not on this one, that uh, I never thought he died in it because... Han Solo's Revenge and a couple other books that were written during that time. And all of them, I was listening to the Darth Bane ones. My son was telling me they're going to come out with a Darth Bane uh, show. And uh, I hope they do because he's probably the the most influential uh, Dark Lord. He's the one who came up with the rule of two. Well, I, I, I think initially what they were going to do, uh, I think you, this is what your son probably heard. They were going to do, um, a Knights of the old Republic. And they dealt with the, the, the age where Darth Bane was around. And it was going to be done by the same guys that did, uh, game of Thrones. What happened was that was going to be a planned trilogy with those guys. And after the last season of the Game of Thrones flopped with the audience and they left everybody kind of upset, uh, Lucasfilms took away the trilogy. So that's in limbo. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, it is what it is. It would have yeah. been good. Anyways. Uh, it might still happen, those, but it's going to probably be a different uh, direct, set of directors or director who does it. It won't be the same guys. 
Yeah, all of those books like Splinter of the Mind's Eye, all of those, the Han Solo's books, all of them, uh, the Bounty Hunter books, all those were always approved by Lucasfilms. He had ultimate control over all those books. So, you know, everybody talks canon this, canon that, but in all honesty, George Lucas and his people were approving all those books. So canon is what Lucasfilm says it is. Um, and Darth Bane, there's three books that I've gone through since that, the showing of this, uh, the audio books you can find uh, all three series for Darth Bane on YouTube. Somebody's reading it to you. They're like nine hours long, but, uh, they're good books, you know, each one of them. So, you know. Expand your mind if you're into Star Wars. That may actually give you some fun. Just like the whole history of Mandalore and Mandalorians and all that crap. And it was the Tong. I couldn't remember the tribe, but it was the Tong. They originally started out on Coruscant. And they went to that uh, Mandalore. That's where they moved there. Because of the fighting. So I was right and so were you. Um, I was thinking back then to when the Tong first started it out. And then because of the problems they were having on uh, Coruscant, they went to uh, Mandalore. So you and I both were right. We were just talking about two separate eon errors. Correct. So... But the, it was both the Tong that started it. I couldn't remember the name of it, man. I hate my memory. I had to go actually look that stuff up. And that was what I was doing when I was getting ready to plug in my headphones and they weren't working. I'm like, damn, I can hear everything out of my speaker. And, it, and then you called, if you remember that entire clown show. Uh, so oh, yeah. that's what ended up happening. So, yeah, man, I was, I was just re-listening to it because I was like, I got to find out how I, I know what I knew and you knew what you knew. And I said, you're right. But I, I knew they were on Coruscant for a while. So anyways, that's pretty much, uh, what I had to say on that little dealio. And we don't have much time now. What do we got? 10 minutes, maybe eight. Uh, yeah, around eight minutes. And then, uh, Mitch will be on with, uh, unleashed, uh, truth radio. Outstanding. Yes. And I'm sure Kate's show was epic. Oh, Kate did a, a bang uh, up job. As it always is. Yep. Oh, heck yeah. She actually joined me uh, on my show tonight, by the way, which is a first. She, she really has uh, come on inside the Jackal's head and, uh, again, was a lot of fun and uh, she's always awesome uh, to deal with. And uh, we talked about the whole Ted Cruz thing where he went nuclear on China. Cha 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 China. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, and it's not over yet. Uh, just wait till the sixth, folks. Winking and a nod. Um, anyways, um, oh, I do, I will tell you this since you brought that up real quick. Folks, first, let me thank you for sitting on a big orange couch. Grab yourself a coffee, tea, soda, and or an adult libation. Uh, chill out in, uh, Castle Talk Radio on Kaiser's Castle. We're almost and, at the uh, end of the show, and you're saying that's like the beginning of the show, man. You're a little late on that That is one. the beginning. <laughs> that is the beginning, but 
but we we got a we got a hot start, and I forgot all about it because we got into talking to them about the Mandalorian. Uh, I did want to say from Kaiser's Castle to everybody out there listening, and to you, Angel, because this is the last show until after Christmas. Um, um, you know, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'll see you one more time for New Year. And uh, but before Christmas, I wanted to wish everybody and and I wanted to talk a little bit about Christmas and the myths of it. But you know what? That's not important. Well, I guess what's important was talking about the Mandalorian, which is important. So uh, I, I just want to tell all of our listeners on PSN, uh, anybody listening on uh, WPRPN, uh the boiler room, wherever, you know, whoever's listening to this, uh, I'm, or on my channel, 9.9, on YouTube, uh, if you're wanting to reach out to me, you can find me on Parlor, Sword.9, at oh, Sword.9. You're finally on Parlor, eh? Yeah, yeah, I've been on it since uh, June, I told you that. Yeah, but you, you, uh, barely, yeah. you barely go on it, on it, like, you finally, like, actually, like, Parlaying the parlor? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm parlaying. Yeah, I'm parlaying. Now, have you uh, have you gone over to Rumble yet? Oh yeah, I've got free videos up on Rumble. Very nice, very nice. By the way, I was on uh, Jaffe's show on uh, the the World Pirate. Uh, the what is it? Ra- World Radio. World Pirate World Radio Pirate Radio Pirate. Podcast Network. WPRPN. World World. There's a bunch of pirates. I, you know, I'm yeah. joking because uh, Jaffe was like joking about that yesterday. Like, yeah, people get tongue tied. I'm like, it happens to me all the time, Jaffe. It, it, it really, it, it's a tongue twister. Uh, but no, I was on the show yesterday. He had the Operation Secret Santa. And uh, yeah. they do that every year. And I mean, shout outs to Jaffe. Yeah. He does uh, really good work and get. Uh, gets a lot of help to a lot of people that need it. So, big ups to yes, him. Yes, he does. It's it's paying it forward. Jaffe does that every year. He doesn't make a penny off of it. Doesn't keep a penny. And uh, he even, if somebody wants to donate to a specific thing, uh, he just will set that person up with the other person if they choose to. And they can make whatever arrangements they want to make, you know, if somebody's in need. I mean, that's just, Jaffe's got a big heart, just like yeah. you, Angel. We haven't seen his and, face, uh, but we know he has a big heart. I don't know what it looks like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. What was it? When the Grinch stole Christmas, his heart got t- eight sizes too too large. So you're saying Jaffe is the Grinch, and he's just turned a new leaf, and he's all good now? That's what we were saying? Yeah, I, <laughs> his heart got so big, you said you can't see his face because his heart's so big. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that, that made sense. That, that sounds fun. Uh, but yeah, no, he, dude. he's good people. Uh, everybody I've met, fortunately, since I've been doing this, except for one bag of shit, but we all find one person, right? Oh, yeah. And some of us find uh, more than one, but uh, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I only found one person in my whole time. And, uh, you know, but that one person usually is just a moron and they're just somebody trying to, I don't know, man, this whole thing, you, you have some people that are just whack jobs everywhere you go. So, yeah. you know, you can't worry about that shit. Um, 
True and the story. best thing is, man, keep your heads, uh, keep your feet on the ground and your head on the swivel and don't ever worry and never ever snivel. You know, the, the bitches going to be bitches. You can't stop them and they'll always get stitches. And that's all I have to say on that one. But, uh, and, and I'm anyways, Casey Kasem, and that was the hot take for the day. No. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, <laughs> hold on. And I'm Wolfman Jack. No, um, yeah, like I said, man, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing, man, podcast. And I think everybody should do it. More voices, not less. Uh, I sound like a pump up the volume, uh, movie advertiser right for now. For reals, right? man. You sound uh, like, uh, like you're going on a PSA there. We, we have yeah. a minute left. PSA. You gotta wrap up the PSA there, sir. All right. I will. All right. Here we go, folks. Uh, thanks for stopping by Kaiser's Castle. Uh, sitting on my big orange couch. Uh, Al, slowly raise the drawbridge as you're walking off and out of Kaiser's Castle. <laughs>